to see the I'd rather have Jesus, it just flows through, doesn't it? So much. I mean, I'm, I'm down in inter-America. I'd rather have Jesus. And Jesus says it is necessary. And we've stood in some of those hills in Colombia where you wonder, is it safe? And then you have somebody come and tap you on the shoulder and say, can you talk about Jesus? And the next thing you know, you're in a conversation about eternity. I'd rather have Jesus. Even in places that may look dangerous and uncomfortable, incredible opportunities. You're going to hear tomorrow about some of the opportunities in Mexico. I'd rather have Jesus. And then I look at the Farleys, my lands. I, I look at all the text messages I get back and forth from Bruce, and I say, you know, this is, this is what life is all about, to look into the eyes of a chemotherapy technician and know it's okay because I'd rather have Jesus anyway, and he's in charge of all of this. It's going to be okay. And day by day, deal with the big issues and know Jesus is the key to make all of this meaningful anyway. Two quick stories. A friend of mine, a pastor, a pastor in the country of Ecuador, was assigned to the Galapagos. He arrived at Puerta Iora on the island of Santa Cruz and discovered that the Catholic priest in the diocese had said, you may not go to the Adventist church. And there was an anger, a hostility, was just awful. So my pastor friend said, I think I know the best way to deal with this. He went over to the Catholic church and knocked on the door. Met the priest, sat down and said, I'm the new Seventh-day Adventist pastor. Tell me what it's like to worship with Jesus here. The guy looked at him and said, you're nuts. And the conversation began and the conversation grew and the conversation developed. And the two of them said, you know, we are so different and so much alike because we love this Bible so much. And because Jesus is so much core to everything we are, why don't we start a radio program together? And so the Adventist pastor and the Catholic priest started a radio program. Why not? To talk about Jesus. And then one day the Adventist pastor looked at the Catholic priest and said, you know, I have a problem that makes you uncomfortable. I do evangelism. I'm going to hold an evangelistic series in our Adventist church right here on Charles Darwin Avenue, and I'm going to invite everybody to come, and I'm going to steal some of your members. <laughs> Would you go through your entire roster and tell me which ones you would like me to steal? This is the only time I've ever heard anybody courageous enough to actually go through this. And so he did. And the Catholic priest said, that is a great idea. <laughs> and so they sat there and they went down the list together. And at the end, the, pastor, the Adventist pastor has this long list of Catholic members. He is to go get. <laughs> not bad. And the Catholic priest says, they're not attending anyway. And besides, if they're not attending, they need Jesus. Amen. Got it? And so he held an evangelistic meeting. That's why Maranatha's there building new classrooms for those people's children. What do you think? God is so involved in our lives, so eager to drive us places we've never even imagined. I get letters, and I get really interesting letters. This one, for instance, a priority mail letter comes to our home post office box. 
We open it, get inside, and here's one of the things in that letter. Can you believe it? Somebody go, and it's got a gold paper clip, uh, safety pin, right on the very top. And so I looked at that, opened it, and inside are three, two pe well, three pieces of paper. The first one says, please give this to a needy family in Mozambique. The second is a $20 bill. You know how much $20 is in Mozambique? Wow. A conference president in Mozambique gets $90 a month. So there you go. And here's what the uh, other piece of paper says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. There aren't a lot of people in Mozambique who would understand English, but they will treasure this sheet of paper. Someone will translate it into Portuguese or Shangana or Rongo or Zulu, and they will write that underneath these words. And even if they cannot read, they will treasure this paper because the meaning on the paper is so rich. And that paper comes from Stacy Cook Jordan, now, you need to know just a little bit about Stacy. Stacy is a member of the Morro Bay Seventh-day Adventist Church. She watches Maranatha Mission Stories. And in watching Maranatha Mission Stories played by my father and mother in the Morro Bay Church, and Stacy's listening and saying, wait a minute, I, really? Those people are that poor? They need the message that much? And so Stacy goes back to her store, which is on the waterfront at Morro Bay. You know how... Those stores are on the waterfront in our country. In, I mean, have you been to Lincoln City? <laughs> okay, this is Captain Cook's Stuff Store. And she sells it all. And she said, I got to do something special. And so she put out little bags like this with notes and pictures from Mozambique and said, if you would like to send some money to Mozambique, put $20 in here in a note, a Bible text, and we'll send those to people in Mozambique and make sure they get there. And they've started coming to our desk, to our post office box. And we have now one by one started delivering uh, scores of these to Mozambique. What do you think? Now, but Stacy's not comfortable with that because Stacy discovered that Brenda, my wife, had gotten involved in um, selling batiks so that the Carmichael Seventh-day Adventist Church in California would have enough money. It's just part of the investment process. The, the church was crazy. The church gave $100 bills to anybody who would like to do an investment project for Mozambique so that they could go and build a school in Mozambique. So they said, here's 100 bucks. Make as much money with it as you can. And so my wonderful wife goes up and says, I'll take two. <laughs> and she comes home with $200. I said, what are you going to do with that? She said, we're on our way to Mozambique next month. We'll go. And so we took the $200. We bought $200 worth of batiks, brought them back. Stacy took them, put them up in her store, Captain Cook's Mozambique store. And next to some of the most interesting mermaids you've ever seen is this giant batik. And we said, you know, the price ought to be about, and she said, I don't think so. And she gets on the internet and she says, uh-uh. If we sell them for that, people will think they're cheap. Four times higher, she goes. 
And the next thing you know, we've got batiks in Captain Cook's souvenir shop. Not just one or two. We've got dozens. And then the walls and the windows are empty. And so two days ago, when David Woods came back from uh, Mozambique, Brenda, can you come help me for just a minute? He brought $500 worth of batiks. We've already turned in almost $1,000. But this is because Stacy can't stand it unless she's busy selling something to help the people in, in Mozambique. Now, that's one of the batiks she's going to get next week that will hang in her store. And she'll sell it, I think, what was her last price? Like $65, $70? It's not quite what we paid for it. <laughs> but you know what? I need to tell you two more things about Stacy. The store is up for sale. Because Stacy says, you know, I have to keep this thing open seven days a week, and that doesn't really match what I believe about God. And you know what I'm going to say next? I'd rather have Jesus. I got illustrations that go on forever, folks, and they all say exactly the same thing. Life is filled with opportunities, but it's only filled with one gift. And that gift is God's gift to you to transform the world. Recently, two people walked up to me, and they said, one of them said, I saw a picture of that one-day church. How much? And I said, well, ASI has said that they'll commit $1,500, and if you put $1,500 with that, that will make a one-day church somewhere in the world. Two minutes later, she was back, and a check for $1,500. I want one of those. Doesn't need my name on it. Just put Jesus' name on it. I'd rather have him than mine. And, and I was talking to another fellow, and, and as we were just exploring what's going on in your life, and, and Ed said, Dick, if I give you money, where does that go? I said, well, it goes to turn the world upside down because that's what Maranatha is busy doing. Yeah, but you just build buildings. No, no, no. We build buildings so we can build people. And he said, I'd like to be part of that. Let me help. But I'll give you this check on one understanding. This check has got to at least quadruple itself in the way it impacts the lives of people somewhere in the world. And I said, wow. So your check for $5,000 you expect will somehow be worth 20. And he said, no, more than that. That ought to be worth 20 million to God. That's all I can give you. That's more than I should give. But I know in the process of giving, it's going to be used in ways that are going to transform lives, not just right now, but for scores and scores of years as people stay involved with God. There's only really one option. I'd rather have Jesus.